0: Welcome to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Stay tuned for this week's message. Yeah. Thank you, Jan. Beautiful Jan. Yeah, let's give her a hand for t- to sharing her beautiful story. Very inspiring. You know, so, so well-spoken. Um, but just you can see Jan's heart through. And as she shared that over 18 months ago, um, they lost um, their son and brother. But you know what? But God, you know, he is there in the midst of the hard times. And what I loved, what Jan shared in her story is that you can always find something to be thankful for. You know, in the midst of life and what happens, because we all have struggles, we all have challenges. Some, you know, have walked through harder situations than others. But we can always stop and find something that we're thankful for. And today we are thankful for mothers. We are thankful for for you mothers in the house, for grandmothers, um, for you know mothers that you might not have your mother here with you today. Um, they might live elsewhere. Some of you have lost your mother, um, but you know what? We've got so much to be f- thankful for, and our God can replace everything that we don't have here um, with us today. But He can He can replace that peace and that love more than anything else. Amen. So thank you, Jan, for sharing your story. Happy Mother's Day. Do you know what? I love being a mother. Oh my goodness. Who being a mother here loves being a mother? I hope you do love being a mother. It does have its days. How many grandparents do we have here in the house? Can you raise your hand? Yes. Let's give all the grandparents a hand. You are incredible. As you know, as you journey through, I remember having this chat with my own mother, is that when you're a mother and then your children become parents, it's like she said, you've got to let go again. It's like when your kids move out of home and get married, it's a letting go. Then when your children have their own kids, it's another letting go process. But you you, you never stop being a mother, um, as grandparents know here in the house. You never you, The mother's heart is just, I can't explain it, you know, as you know, when, when you... Uh, who remembers the moment when they gave birth to their first child? I tell you what, yeah. <laughs> Husbands put up their hand. <laughs> a Christian does. It's that, that love, that unconditional love that is just instant, that you can't describe. It is incredible. And I consider it a privilege being a mother. I love it with all my heart. Um, and you know what? I, when I listen to Jan's story, I just go, yes, you know what? You need to stop and be thankful, not just go, gee, I can't wait till they're at this age, and I can't wait till they're out of home, and I can't wait, you know, it's being thankful for every single moment, amen. And you know, I was thinking about despite for the, we've got, you know, young mothers here, we've got mothers with teenagers, we've got mothers who have, you know, are out of the home and married, and and now having their own children, but you know what, doesn't matter any stage of mothering, we always need to be thankful. And I was thinking about, you know what, doesn't matter if they're giving you a fat attitude that day, if they're having a moment. I remember when, uh, just not long ago, I was leaving a sports carnival, and, and our youngest Zaki, who is a very highly spirited boy, as, as um, Michelle always reminds me, says he's highly spirited. Melissa said, that is it, my beautiful Zaki. But I, uh, we were leaving this sports carnival this particular day. And he was having a moment, a big tantrum. Yes, my kids have moments. And I was carrying him to the car underneath my arm, and the bus drivers are looking at me. He is screaming at the top of his lungs. He's pulling my clothes. He's kicking. He's pinching me. Yes, this is my... For almost five-year-old Zachy. He, because he wanted wanted his bigger brother Noah to come home, but he couldn't because he had to stay and go home on the bus and he would not hop in the car and he's carrying on and I'm trying to pin him into the car and I'm trying to shut the door and he's trying to push the door. I'm having this wrestling match with my four-year-old and I've got bus drivers looking at me. I'm thinking, yes, keep it together, keep it together. I'm sure there was Um, Smoke going out of my ears. But in that moment, you still love your children. Amen. I just had to share that story. The role of a mother. In Psalm 127, it says, children are a gift from the Lord. They are a reward from him, even though right then and there, I'm like, is this a gift? No, this is torturing me. No, they are a gift from the Lord. It is a reward from heaven. And I, at times now, as my kids are growing, I now have a high schooler, oh my goodness, almost a teenager. But I have moments more so now, not when you're in the thick of changing nappies and in those early days, but I go, Melissa, you need to stop because it's going to go like that and they're going to be grown up out of home. I think of my Noah, he's now 12 and I think in another 10 years he could be married out of home. I was 19 and Christian was 21 when we got married. I went, stop the clock, enjoy the moment, Melissa. You know, I grab my Zaki, he'll be off to school next year, my last, and I go... Stop and cherish every moment because it goes like that, and be thankful. You know what? In uh, Titus two four, uh, there's Greek word that I cannot pronounce because I am not Greek. I might look Greek and Italian, everybody, but I just like to stand here and tell you I am not. Um, I do use my hands a lot. It's the dark features. Um, but in in this particular scripture, it refers to a mother's love for her children. And this word represents a special kind of mother's love. And the idea that thro- flows out of uh, this word is that of caring for our children, nurturing them, affectionately embracing them and meeting their needs, and tenderly befriending each one as a unique gift from the hand of God. Now, because I can't pronounce this word, can you pronounce this word? Philotechnos. Did you hear that? Say that again. Philotechnos. There you go. See, you can see why I couldn't pronounce that. (laughs) So that word refers to a mother's love in the Greek language. Now, on, on the screen in Psalm 139, it says here, You watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Every day of my life was recorded in your book. Every moment was laid out before a single day and passed. I love that scripture. That's from the New Living Translation. That each of us were formed in... Thank you. I said it for good the first time. That was the Greek. I'm in Greek land now. You were formed in that secret place in your mother's womb, our children. Every part of our being was formed uniquely and differently, and then being born into the earth as a gift to to you, to your family, amen? And we need to remember that in the hard times, that we are a gift to our parents, that our children are a gift to us, amen? You know what, I've had moments in my mothering where I go, you know what, if all I did was just be a mother, I would be happy and satisfied. It doesn't matter, anything else that I have been been, uh, given responsible for is, is a bonus but to be a mother, if that's all I did, just raise my kids to be strong, to be leaders, to be uh, men and women of integrity, I would be happy. And I was thinking about that, going, Church, we need to at times be, be happy with what we have and not always go, Well, I wish I had that and I wish, you know, I had more. You know, being happy with. If this is the only home I ever live in, I'm okay with that. If this is all I earn, if this is the only income, I am happy with that. I am blessed. If I am only blessed to be able to have one, one child, then God, I am blessed. You know, because we live in a world that we want more, more, more. But sometimes we need to stop and go, God, I'm thankful just for what I have. Amen? I am thankful. Stop and reflect and enjoy the moment for what it is. Hey, you know, like Jan said in her story, that you need to stop and find a moment to laugh at times, yeah? Because how many times do our kids laugh, they scream, they carry on, and as we grow up, the stresses and the responsibilities, it's like life shuts our laugh, but we need to laugh more, we need to stop and enjoy the moment more and more. You know what, in human nature we want more, but we need to be thankful, we need to be uh, satisfied and content, because I know as you do, that peace and that freedom that comes with that. When you're struggling, when you're wrestling on the inside of, of I want more, I'm not satisfied, but God says, my people, be thankful, be satisfied. In, in, in Philippians 2, it says, do everything without complaining and arguing, without whinging, without whining, without whining but be thankful. Amen. You know what? I know today is a hard day for some of you because you might not be in agreement with your family. You might have um, you know, fallen out. Your mother isn't here uh, with you. There might be situations going on in your family, but do you know what? Today is a day where you, God is the redeemer of families. He is the God who can bring forgiveness. He can bring disunity back into unity, and you can be thankful for that. But do you know, it takes us taking that step. And in Colossians 3, I love this scripture. It says, And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in our hearts, for as members of one body are called to live in peace, and always be thankful. Not sometimes, but always be thankful. Like Jan said, that she finds those moments to be thankful, and she has a gratitude journal. I love that. And every day she writes down things that she's thankful for. Because when she's going through hard times, she can go back to that journal and go, yes, God, I thank you for that. Because it's in the scripture, always be thankful. Not sometimes, not without whinging, complaining, arguing, but be thankful. Amen? Amen. Let me pray. Lord, I thank you, Father. I thank you for this morning. I thank you for every single family represented here. I thank you for every single single person, every married couple, Lord, every grandparent, every father, every mother, every human being. Lord, that you will bless them today. You will open their hearts to just receive something from you today that will help them in their family, help them in their parenting, help them in their world, their 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 workplace, whatever it is. Lord God, we thank you for the peace of heaven upon your people today in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I've got a few um, Mother's Day quotes I've got to read to you this morning. Mothers hold their children's hands for a short while, but their hearts forever. So true. We never know the love of a parent until we become parents ourselves. Oh yeah, I remember when I wasn't a parent and I used to like well, I didn't criticize, but I'd go, oh, gee, that mother with that kid, would, they, they need to, you know, be a bit a bit more, uh, you know, controlling. Maybe they need to discipline them more. Like, you know, I had my opinion. It's not until you have, a, have children that you understand that there are challenges. You're on a plane. Gee, I wish that parent would keep that child quiet. Oh, my goodness. You know, like they're crying, they're whinging, and then you're on a plane with your own child, and they're cr- screaming and crying because their ears are hurting. Oh, my goodness. You don't understand the love till you become a parent. They are a blessing. By the by, and large, mothers and housewives are the only workers who do not have regular time off. They are the great va- vacationless class. I like that one. The best academy is a mother's knee. Totally, I agree with that one. Being a full-time mother is one of the highest-salaried jobs, since the payment is pure love. Aww. There is only one pretty child in the world, and every mother has it. <laughs> and remember that beso- behind every successful woman, but wait, what is it? Is a basket of dirty laundry. <laughs> Family is like fudge, mostly sweet, but with a few nuts. Yes? <laughs> For you nuts. Now let me read you this one. Lucky last. How being a parent is like being a rock star. Endless hours on the road with too many people in the vehicle. Your job is to entertain a room of loud, withering maniacs. You ask yourself daily, Am I tripping or did I really just see that? Your name is always shouted and never spoken. Someone is always pulling at your clothes. I love this. And to finish it off, groupies follow you to the bathroom. (laughs) They good? Yeah, that deserves a clap. I love that. It was awesome. Oh, so good. You know what? I was thinking about um, how times have changed. And we have many generations in in, in church today, in this room today, and how times have changed from like the 50s to now. And I want to read you this is um, just to show you the difference between back in the 50s to now and how times have changed and the challenges that we have now as raising parents and even grandparents, you know, speaking into the lives of our children as well. But in the 1950s, the the normative family consists of a breadwinner father and a homemaker mother with several children. And it was a narrow view of the modern family. Now, today, the same family structure and lifestyle that that exists in the 1950s, when nearly everyone conformed to a pattern of early marriage and several cousins, like a case, several, Christian's um, mum's cousin in Holland had 21 children. So, obviously, that wasn't the norm. Sorry, 22 children. That's a classroom of kids. Oh, my goodness. Imagine? uh, No, I can't imagine. I wouldn't be standing. From the 1990s through to today, there are still parents with children from uh, the the definition of a family who has broadened considerably. And children are raised from from many varieties of caring adults, as we know, single parents, even grandparents, even traditional appearing families, often from blended families. Statistics show that birth rates are down, which is now about the average age of 30 that women are having children, and used to be 23 the average age was 23 in the 1930s. Divorce is high up, the age marriage is up and the family rate is down and all point away from the 1950s model family. The strict gender roles have broken down considerably since the 1990s. Young women are working outside the home more and more today and men are actively more involved with the children... Seeing them changing nappies, pushing shopping trolleys, fathers even attend parent and teacher interviews. Now I'm liking more the modern family. You know, changing the nappies, pushing the, the uh, shopping trolley. It's good. More hands-on. We are we are blessed. But that's just how time has changed. The most significant role in the in the role of a woman, um, in the family, in society, and, and we look back in the 1950s. Women stayed home to be wives, mothers, and homemakers. Where today. Women and mothers, stay. a few of them stay home, but more and more are going to work. But they still go to work, but outside of that, they're still the primary homemaker. At times, create a difficult double duty. So you look back at the 1970s, mothers in full-time or part-time work was about 23%. Then, back in, then it dropped down to the 1950s, it was only 16%. And today, it's about 68% of women who are not just staying home but have to go to work and then come home and still um, still run the show, still be the homemakers, hey? Times have changed. And in cases today that the modern man um, do help share the, the, uh, the housework. Now, I am blessed women. My husband cooks, okay? So I'm not telling you husbands you all need to go home and cook, but I am he- I am blessed my husband does cook, So, you know, back in the day, my dad didn't cook. It's just times have changed. Now, more and more, uh, the the woman has the double duty starting her second shift at home after working outside the home. And mothers experience a moderate level of guilt in their attempt to achieve a work and a life balance and the pressures that come with life today. You know what? I remember Christian preached a message on love a few weeks ago, and he said, you know what? Sometimes it's not just saying words of love and affirmation, but sometimes through actions. You know, sometimes just going outside and hanging the clothes on the clothesline or, you know, putting the kids in the bath without being asked, you know, showing that love. So men, you can help the women because times have changed. And I wasn't just getting up here to saying, men, you need to go home and help more. No. I was trying to paint a picture of society today and how much it has changed from the 1950s. And we have... Women of all generations that, that, you know, it was a different day, wasn't it? When you raised your kids and you were the, you know, primary homemaker, you didn't have to go to work, but today the pressures of mortgages and, and just the bills that we have to pay, that some women have to go back to work and it takes the family unit to work together, but the pressures in that. And you know what I've got here, that as women we are automatically assigned to the job of chief warrior. Do you like that? We are the chief worry. Now, some men do worry too, but it's something that women carry. We do worry, but we need to fill our hearts with trust, hope, and peace from God and clothe that daily, men and women, and especially women. I know that I need that daily. I need God's peace, and I I need His heart, and I need His mind, because when I do, I sleep so much better. I don't wake up anxious. I'm not worrying. I need to clothe daily, that peace and that hope, so that worry and that anxiety goes. And I want to read you this scripture, and this applies to everybody here, not just mothers, it applies to fathers, it applies to you single people, everybody, the worries that come, but we need to clothe ourselves. And I want to read you this scripture, Matthew 6, and it says here, therefore I tell you, stop being, thank you, perpetuously, uneasy, I'm in the Greek still, anxious and worried about your life. See how it says stop. We need to stop. Make a decision. Stop worrying. Hey? About your life, what you shall eat or what you shall drink or about your body and what you shall put on. It's not life greater in quality than food and on the body, far above more excellent than clothing. Look at the birds of the air they uh, neither soar nor reap nor gather into barns, and yet your heavenly Father keeps feeding them. Are you not worth much more than they? And who of you, by worrying and being anxious, can add one unit of measure, cubic, to this uh, statue or to the span of his life? And why should you be anxious about clothes? Consider the lilies of the fields and, and learn neither um, thoroughly how they grow. They neither tall nor spin, Yet I tell you, even Solomon in all his magnificence, excellence, dignity and grace was not arrayed like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is alive and green and tomorrow is tossed into the furnace, will he not much more surely clothe you, O you of little faith? Therefore do not worry and be anxious, saying, what are you going to have to eat or what are you going to have to drink? Or what are you going to wear? For the Gentiles, wish wish for the the calf and diligently seek all these things. And your heavenly Father knows well that you need them all. But seek, aim at and strive after first of all his kingdom and righteousness, his way of doing and being right. And then all these things taken together will be given, given you besides So do not worry or be anxious about tomorrow, for tomorrow will have worries and anxieties of its own. Sufficient for each day is its own trouble. Now I know that was a long scripture, but I felt to read that. You need to stop. You need to not worry. You need to clothe daily with his peace and with his hope. Amen. And so the title of my message is Flourish in All You Do. And as you do that, because as I painted that picture of how time has changed immensely, and it is rapidly changing, I remember as a kid watching that show Beyond 2000, and I thought that was the space ages, that was forever away. And oh my goodness, it's 2015, we are in the space ages, hey? What was that, sorry darling? That's it, rock star, we are rock stars as parents, hey? But we need to clothe ourselves daily because God wants you to flourish in your parenting, in your mothering, in your relationships, in everything you do, he wants you to flourish. With the pressures of life that are thrown to us, the balls we've got to juggle, you know, sometimes we feel like we're going to divide ourselves into three and we go, yep, Melissa's over there and over here and over here. No, that just doesn't work. It's like, okay, how do I keep a balance without stress and worry? God, I can only do one thing at a time. Because as a kid, things were so much simpler. You know, there wasn't the internet. There wasn't, um, you know, the pools of certain things. It'd just be like, kids, go outside and play for hours and then come inside and we'll call you when dinner's ready. You know, it's like the kids go outside and they they come in and we're hungry and, oh, we're bored. Where where can we go? What can we do today? It's like, ah, Christian says to our children, do you know what? We got up in the morning, we had breakfast and we just went for the day, came back and had lunch. Then went and entertained ourselves, came back and had dinner. And our parents would just, you know, just entertain yourselves. Where our children's like, you know, it's like pop, a snap, crackle and pop. You know, it's like fast paced. What are we doing? Like I've got here. Our kids now are raised in a generation. Everything's a quick fix. Everything's a fast food and a Google generation. It's all quick, 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 snap, crackle, pop. Come on, mum. It's different. We live in a fast paced life. But in that, God wants us to flourish. He wants us not to strive. He wants you to thrive. Hey, amen? Who wants to thrive in this world? And sometimes we've got to draw it back. Sometimes we've got to strip it all away and make things simple and stop and reflect and be thankful and grateful for what we have. Amen? Because when, when you don't, the anxiety and the worry and the stress and trying to, you know, I, I've got to achieve this and I've got to do that and I've got these goals and it's great to achieve things. It's always good to have goals we need to, but God only gives you what you can manage and in that, he says, just run in my pace because, you know what, the the, the, uh, the rates of, of heart attacks and, and you know, like depression and suicide are increasing because of the pressures of life, but with God. But with God, all things are possible and He wants you to flourish. You know, it's groundhog day. Oh, here we go again. It's Monday itis. You know, oh my goodness. No. Be thankful. Enjoy the moment. And I just really quickly want to give you seven. Seven keys that I believe that you can flourish, you can apply to your, your marriage, to your, your family life, to your mothering, to your parenting. Even if you're a single person, here, you're not a parent, I believe you can apply that in your relationships. And these are godly principles for our own personal world as well. So whatever you take out of this, I want you to be blessed. So if you've got your phone, if you've got a piece of paper, I want you to write these things down. And the first thing is Availability. In Deuteronomy 6, it says, repeat them again and again to your children. Talk about them when you're at home and when you're on the road, when you're going to bed and when you're getting up. Tie them around your hands and wear them on your uh, foreheads as reminders. Availability, morning, noon and night. that we are there for our kids. We are there for our children. We are there for our friends, for our mother, our father, morning, noon and night. You know what I'm thinking about? It's one thing being present... But but present physically, but not present emotionally and mentally. We need to be present in our home. We need to be present in our relationships. You know when you're having a conversation with someone, they're they're present with you physically, but you know they're not listening. They're thinking about something else. We all do that at times, don't we? But it's thinking about, you know, the simple things, sitting around the dinner table, you know, as a family, you know, with friends, in your relationships, being available, turning off your phones being available not just i'm here i'm on the phone because when that phone call, when that phone rings you answer it you are available to answer the call to you know to to your boss to 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 your work to people that want to call you but sometimes in the home to be available is switching off that phone i'm going to turn it off i'll go back to it in an hour's time just the simple things you know i think about the moments before bedtime this is obviously i'm speaking to to young parents here today but this is something that i just I do, that I think is really important. As you're putting your children to bed, it's that moment that is so sacred and precious that, you know, I've had a busy day, but it's a time that you can stop. You can chat to your kids. You can pray for them. It's something I do. All three of my kids. I can't divide myself into three, so they have to say, wait, I'm coming, and they just simply want mummy last. It's just the mummy touch. But I sit, I chat, and it doesn't happen every night we chat about the day, but sometimes as I do things come out. It's a sacred place. They share something they're going through or something they're worried about. And we just sit and I encourage them. And I always pray for my kids every night. And they, they need a back scratch and a head rub. That's just my kids. And um, I, I'm a sucker for punishment. But you know, it's just something, those little moments that so you are available for your children. It's not like, well, come on, hurry up. I just want go to sleep. I'm exhausted. Just, yeah, be quiet. And sometimes we feel like that. But those moments pass you by. Because your kids could suddenly open up and share something and you could have missed that opportunity to encourage them, to pray for them, to love them, to answer those questions. Amen? The availability. Number two is involvement. Ephesians 6, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Fathers, mothers, it's not just fathers. Uh, rather, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. You know what? I was thinking about that is Is—is the... Um, is is the moments of just discussing and thinking and processing life and communication in the home and in relationships is so important. And as the busyness of life and the society we live in, communication has broken down. You know, we all text each other, we all email. The old fashioned pick up the phone and calling has has fizzled out over time because we're so busy. But I just thinking about the involvement and the communication. In our family lives is so important and finding that time you know switch that television off and sit and talk now I I I set out a little lovely homely feeling here but it's a matter of just sitting television off and let's talk how was your day what's going on you know there's always things to do but we find that moment that we can talk we can communicate as husbands and wives and with our children And you know, it doesn't always happen, but sometimes we need to bring things back into perspective and go, yes, I need to do that, because it's important, that involvement. I was thinking about when I dropped Zachy to preschool uh, the other day, and he had a moment where he got frustrated with another child because he was playing basketball with me just before I left, and the kid kicked the ball um, away from him, and he just went up and Zach just pushed this other kid out of the corner, highly spirited, out of the corner of my eye, I said, Zachy, come here right now. I so said, come here. I got down on my knees and I said, Zaki, sweetheart, I've reminded you to use your words. Do not be physical. Highly spirited, Zaki. I said, sweetheart. I said, if I know that frustrates you and you can't explain that. I'm just looking at you going, what are you saying, mummy? But I said, you need to use your words, sweetheart. I said, because that's not kind. If someone came up to you and pushed you, you wouldn't like that either. I said, that makes mommy sad when I see you do that. And he goes, I'm sorry, mommy. You know, I could have just ignored that little moment, but I go, there's little moments that you are there, that you are available, that you are involved in a moment. It might be in a relationship, you know, as a spiritual parent or as a grandparent, that you have moments where you have an opportunity to speak into the lives of your kids or your grandchildren or your friends, amen? Processing life together, communication. Some of you, it might be foreign. You weren't raised in a home that you used to communicate and talk about things. But in an age and a generation where where the the, the internet and, and iPhones and social media are becoming bigger and bigger and our kids and our teenagers are engrossed in that and communication is fizzling it out, I believe that it it takes parents and grandparents and godly men and women to keep rising up and saying communication is the key to the survival of this generation. Amen? We need to do that. Number three is teaching. Teaching. Psalm 78, For he issued the laws to Jacob. He gave his instructions to Israel. He commanded our ancestors to teach them to their children so the next generation might know them, even the children not yet born, and they in turn will teach Uh, their own children. You know, it's teaching our our children, our grandchildren, and even for us, is the Scriptures and a biblical worldview. And it's making a decision to refuse Google because you can't Google how to live a good life, hey? You can't Google the answers to all problems because I know the Word of God... Where's my... I have my Bible here. The Word of God... That is our life source. That is the book of life that we need to be imparting into our children, into our grandchildren, that we need to personally be soaking up, not going to Google, you know, because we can go to the life source, which is Jesus Christ, who wrote this book. This book, the Bible, is alive and living and well. I remember when we were in Sydney at a Presence Conference and Stephen Furtick said, I know so many people say, oh, the Bible, you know, it's boring and the Scriptures is going, What? This is the most alive and active book on the planet today. Are you reading the same book I'm reading? You know, are you looking at the same thing that I see? It is alive. That is our life source that we need to teach. We need to speak scriptures. We need to base raising this generation off the word of God. And I've got here, are you listening to God or listening to Google or gossip? What are you listening to? Because the doctor gave me a diagnosis Google and it just makes you feel worse okay this could be I'm going to listen to Google the doctor I'm going to listen to God's report amen teaching the things of God number four training Proverbs twenty twenty 6 says direct your children onto the right path and when they are older they will not leave it and you know, I know I'm a living example and me and my brothers are of that, of our parents. We have been blessed um, training um, and, and raising us as kids in the house of God and directing them and guiding them and loving us. And we we have grown up to be loving God now, serving God, all married with beautiful families and that is a true credit to my parents and I am blessed and I thank them today for that. But you know, it, I was uh, thinking about here, I've got training, but helping your children develop skills and discover their own strengths and, and, and spiritual gifts as they get older. And as you know, as you grow, as your children grow, you start identifying their strengths and their weaknesses. And I, I was thinking about that. We are their personal trainers. So you go to the gym, you have a personal trainer, week in, week out. They are training you. They're working on your strengths. They're working on your weaknesses. They're saying, okay, you've you, you got to work this muscle more. Or you need to get fitter in this area. It's a constant. It's training to get to a certain level of fitness or, or ability in what you do. And that's like in our relationships and as parents. We are personal trainers. We need to be training um, our kids and, and imparting and, and raising them up in their strengths, but also identifying their weaknesses and molding and shaping those with the guidance of God and the Word of God. Amen? Amen? as they will stay on the path of righteousness. Let me read Romans 12, um, 3 to 8. It says, Because of the privilege and the authority of God has given me, I give you each of you this warning. Do not think you are better than uh, you really are. Be honest in the evaluation of yourselves, measuring measuring yourselves by the faith God has given us, just as our bodies have many parts and each part has a special function in, in so special functions. so it is with, the, with Christ's body. And it goes on, talks about many parts of the body. Some have gifts of teaching, some have gifts of encouragement, some have gifts of generosity, some have gifts of leadership. And, you know, as parents and as grandparents and spiritual parents, that we can be, be identifying the gifts in our kids and encouraging that in them, not squashing it, because they're the ones that are, that are going to soar. They're the ones that are going to take on the world and do amazing things. Amen? And number five, three, three more to go really quickly. Number five, discipline. Proverbs 13, those who spare the rod of discipline hate their children. Those who love their children care enough to discipline them. Proverbs 29, discipline your children and they will give you peace of mind and will make your heart glad. You know what? Discipline comes from the Lord at times for us. You know, that he, he sets boundaries around us. And we need to do that as parents and as grandparents and whoever God's put in your world, that we need discipline because we need boundaries around our lives. And as we step out of those boundaries, we can run wild, but we need to be brought back into alignment, sometimes drawing that line in the sand constantly, but with loving and firming encouragement and teaching the fear of the Lord. Amen. So you know, think of the the world as I said that our kids are growing up today. You know, what 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 are your kids watching? What are you allowing them to watch? You know, movies and TV shows and and sleepovers and giving them phones too early and you know letting them look at the internet and all these things that we have to juggle as parents. But I believe it takes wisdom. And in Proverbs fourteen it says, a wise woman builds her home, but a fool, foolish woman tears it down with her own hands. It calls us men and women of God, parents in the house, to be wise in this world today. Now, you might have friends and relatives that, that believe certain things, and they just allow their, their kids to do whatever they want. But I believe it calls wisdom, wisdom to, to, to apply in raising our kids and, and giving them boundaries. Amen. Number six, really quickly, nurture. Two Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of love, power, and a self-discipline. 1 Peter, finally, all of you be like-minded, be sympathetic, love one another, be compassionate and humble. Ephesians 4, do not let anyone unholy talk out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you are sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, barreling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ forgave you. Amen? We need to nurture. We need to have a nurturing heart, acceptance, so that love and affection to your kids, unconditional love, and providing an environment of constant verbal support. And the last one, which I love, is model with integrity. Deuteronomy 4. Only be careful and watch yourselves closely so that you do not forget the things your eyes have seen or let them fade from your hearts as long as you live. Teach them to your children and their children after them. Proverbs 10, people with integrity walk safely for those who follow crooked paths will be exposed. Proverbs 11, a gossip goes around telling secrets but those who are trustworthy can keep a confidence. Psalm 37, look at those who are honest and good For a wonderful future awaits those who love peace, living what you say, being a great role model to your children because they will catch that. More is caught than taught. They are watching every move, being a great role model to your children, but not only that, being a great role model to others, living a life with integrity. Amen? You know, I believe that God wants you to flourish in your personal world, in your parenting, in your marriage, and in in your relationships. And having God's heart and mind and wisdom in your lives for your future and for your children. And it takes work, church. It takes all those things that I talked about, involvement, fairness, teaching, discipline, nurturing, modeling integrity, Because God wants us to flourish, to be thankful. Can I get everybody to stand? You know, I believe today that God wants alignment in homes, agreements, in marriages, in raising your kids. He wants wants peace. He wants unity. If you're a married couple today, I just want you to hold hands. If your husband or your wife's run away, tell them to come back hold hands because God wants marriages to flourish God doesn't want disunity, God wants husbands and wives to be in agreement. being in agreements in raising your kids in the world because we've got a tough job and all the things that I've pointed, uh, that I've touched on, it, it takes wisdom it takes integrity it takes listening to the voice of God It takes putting boundaries around. And it's reading the Word of God and imparting that into your home and into your children, taking those moments to stop and reflect. Amen. So I just want to pray this morning over mothers, over fathers, over marriages, over grandparents. Can you just lift your hands if you fall into any of those categories today and just let the peace of heaven just touch you today Holy Spirit, Lord, I thank you, Father. Lord, that we flourish. Lord, that we stop striving. God, that we start thriving. God, in our relationships, in our mothering, in our parenting, in raising our kids. Lord, for grandparents here today, for spiritual parents. God, that that every single person today flourishes. Lord, God, that you put your heart into our hearts. Lord, that you guide our steps. Lord, you give us the words to speak. Lord God, Lord, that this world, that that what, what are we surrounded by, does not knock us out, does not knock us down. But God, that all things are possible with you, Lord Jesus. Lord, that we are not anxious for anything, that we do not worry. Lord, that we put our faith and our trust in you. And God, I thank you, Father, for unity. Lord, unity in the homes. God, that you are for strong marriages. Lord, you are for marriages that last and go the d- distance, Lord God. That you are the restorer. Lord, it doesn't matter what has happened. Lord, that you bring good out of every situation. And God, I pray that you will heal every single broken heart here today. Lord, there's hurting hearts. There's confused hearts. There's people that are carrying unforgiveness today. Lord, I just pray that your peace and your healing power will touch every heart and every life here this morning. Lord God, I thank you, Jesus. Lord, that we carry your heart and not your peace and your trust and your hope. In everything we do, in all our relationships, in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to the C3 Church Noosa podcast. Visit us online at c3noosa.org.